Hello and welcome to another edition of the pregame podcast, season two, now in effect. And we are ready to talk about one of our favorite non-mainstream sports, at least when it comes to American context, and that's Formula One. Yeah, man. I am hyped for this segment. I gotta be honest. Yeah, this is gonna be an, a very interesting segment. Now, I have to say, we have to do the wrap-ups for our prediction segment for Formula One. See who came out on top, myself, uh, Kalen, or... Hunter, the uh, Formula One uh, guru himself, but from my understanding, Hunter is in Oklahoma right now at a casino, uh, <laughs> so we're going to have to get to him a little bit later, so that'll be coming next yeah. week, ideally, you know, maybe a little a little later than that, but in the meantime, let's talk about who we thought were the biggest winners and biggest losers of the well-renowned, well-cherished, silly season in Formula One. Let's do it. So, how about this? I'll go team to team, talk about who's the new driver lineup, and then we okay. can talk about what we thought they improved upon, if anything, what they kind of lost out on, if anything. So we're going to okay. start with the top, Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas for the, what is that, the fourth straight time? Uh, Nico Rosberg wasn't on the team since 2016 that was his last season so uh since then it's been this lineup it's been steady this lineup lewis one valtteri two i i there's i don't know if there's much more to say about this lineup there's not much not much driver competition between the two i think mercedes made a mistake in re-signing valtteri botas um, well, they already had him signed guy, through the end of this coming 2021 season. Yeah, regardless. yeah. Uh, he he signed. Well, he signed a one year extension in uh, July, so he's he's on board um, until that extension's up. I mean, I think they're dumb for signing that extension. Maybe it's just them giving him a courtesy one more season of a shot or an additional season of a shot to like actually compete for a championship against Lewis because it really hasn't been close at all but they're dumb to not put George Russell in that seat as fast as humanly possible mm-hmm. they're just dumb so <laughs> I I don't know I don't know in- if I'm Toto I I get I mean I get rid of the bad luck machine Valtteri Bottas as quickly as I can because that man is marred by bad luck and Honestly, I don't think he's that great of a talent anymore at this point. Like he's had his he's had so many chances to blow our minds and he just hasn't. Mm-hmm. I will say that in the defense of Mercedes, they signed this before they realized that ooh, there was an opportunity to put George Russell in a Mercedes for two weeks. Oh um, yeah. Of well really one was. week. Really one week. It was just one week. Yeah. It- it was just one week. And I mean, you don't know George is going to actually shine in the big boy car. You know, he could turn out to be Alex Albon, um, but <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yes, we will. We will get to that later. Speaking of getting into it later, let's go to Red Bull next. Let's do it. in. <laughs> let's there do, it is. <laughs> let, let's do it in order of how they how the teams finished uh, this past year. That's at least how um, this article has it written up. Red Bull, Max Verstappen, obvious, very apparent. Yep. Number two driver, Sergio Perez. Let's go. 
Let's go, boys. We all wanted this. We all saw it coming, and they came through. I'm so happy. So happy they signed Sergio Perez. I hope that they finally have a number two driver and that if Ferrari can't get their act together next year, that Red Bull takes a little bit of a fight at least to Mercedes, steals a couple podiums, steals a couple of uh, top one, two finishes, like makes it competitive next year. I really want that. And now they have a number two driver for the first time since Ricardo left. It'll be interesting to see if Sergio Perez can keep up with the amazing performance that he put out this year. I, I think this year he did far better than anyone thought he was going to coming into this. Now, part of it was the fact that, yeah, we didn't know Racing Point was going to show up with a Mercedes car, basically. But basically, yeah. still, Sergio did excellent. Um, he won the final race of the year. He put on some podiums. He was having a career year up to that point, basically, and... At that point, we were like, come on. Like, before before Sergio really, like, midway through the season when the murmurings were like, okay, Sergio Perez is going to get dropped because Lawrence Stroll likes his son. And, you know, they're going to they're, they're bring on, on Seb. When those rumors were going around, like, we were like, okay, that sucks. Sergio's the better driver. But... It'll be fine. He'll he'll figure it out. He'll probably end up at a, at a lower team and, and you know, be stuck with, like, Williams or Haas or whatever. And yeah. for the fact that he had, you know, just an incredible back end, too. He did all of this missing three races for COVID and other reasons. And, exactly. And at that, especially with that win at the very end, it's like, come on, just get rid of Albon. Albon's not doing it for you. Like, listen, like if you're going to get rid of Pierre for the way Pierre performed, then you got to get rid of Albon, you know? Like, you have to. Like, yeah. Christian that Horner was, needs was... some sense of, like, you know, consistency. Yeah, that was Christian Horner's predicament was like, well, if I got rid of Pierre for Pierre's performance and Albon is, you know, here and he just keeps getting run off the road by Lewis Hamilton whenever he's anywhere close to the front, then... I guess I got to get rid of him, too. Like, that was his predicament. And I think Albon is a great driver. I think he needed a couple more years in the midfield to really solidify himself in Formula One before jumping in a big boy car. Maybe that'll change in uh, 2022 when the regulations change, as they were supposed to for this year, this coming season, uh, but obviously pushed back due to COVID. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Albon will come back, but... Kudos to Red Bull for picking up our arguably the best driver on the market. Well, at that this time, silly season. yeah, at, at, at that, that time, time yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, technically, people like Carlos Sainz were on the market, if you will, but you know, they got snatched up quick, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Continuing on to the team that came in third, it's not Ferrari. Ferrari did not uh, continue the big three of Formula One, and we'll get to mm -hmm. them much later. But who actually came in third is McLaren, who is deciding to pair up Lando Norris, uh, you know, their their young hotshot, you know, number two driver with Daniel Ricciardo. Speaking of the man himself, the, you know, formula, yeah, former Red Bull, former um, uh, Renault, now Alpine driver, uh, Daniel Ricciardo is taking over the number one spot in McLaren. And let me tell you, my two favorite drivers on the same team, a team that's rising I like it. Big fan of it. Red Bull, you know, they improved. McLaren, I also think they improved. Okay, I, I think Daniel Ricciardo is an upgrade from Carlos Sainz pretty handedly. And that's, 
you know, that that's an improvement for them, especially now that Ricardo has uh, gone back to winning podiums. Yes. I mean, I, if I'm Alpine slash Renault, I am extremely sad to see Daniel Ricardo go. I really want to hear. I actually want to hear this coming drive to survive um, and hear the back side of this and why Daniel Ricardo is deciding to leave Renault. Um, because he, we all know he left Red Bull for a change of scenery. He felt mm-hmm. it was his time and he went to Renault to do something new. And he was like, and he wants to win with Renault. I mean, he got him on the podium for the first time. And I don't, I can't remember how long since, um, since the Renault team restarted. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. And that's, that's been a long time. It's uh, like five years now, six years now. Yeah. Five, six years. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know why he's leaving. Maybe he sees something better at McLaren that he likes. And he's just like, I need to be in that seat. Mm-hmm. Like, when he heard murmurs of Carlos going to Ferrari, he was like, I need to get in that seat. I need to try and be in that seat and work with Zach Brown and Lando Norris and create the ultimate meme team in Formula One. I am. I'm so ready for it. Uh, real quick, before we continue moving on, do you think that the $50 million contract Daniel Ricardo got from Renault, do you think Renault got $50 million of value out of Ricardo? That man put him on the podium twice for the first time since they restarted. Yes. Okay. I'm going to sum that up with one word. Yes. Even though Esteban- he did, he did what he was. He did what he was supposed to do. Don't compare Daniel Ricardo to Esteban Ocon. That's the worst comparison you can make. Well, Don't do that. Ocon also got them on the podium, but you know, I guess that's something we're going to ignore for now. Continuing on. <laughs> I, I feel the searing look of K- of Kalen just staring at me through the internet. I am. I definitely am. We can we can come back to the Ocon win. Well, we are going to come back to the Ocon win because we're going to get down to them. Uh, but moving on to the fourth place team in the Constructors. Former Racing Point, now Aston Martin, with the team of Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll. Yeah, uh, we all know our feeling. I think everyone who's listened to us talk about Formula One understands our feelings towards Lance Stroll. Um, screw that guy <laughs> yeah literally screw that guy and i i like the pickup of seb i mean seb was the best driver with a contract up this year I, you can fight me tooth and nail on that one the man's a four-time world champion yeah but he looked and, really bad compared to leclerc this season you know ferrari that's was fine that's fine the man honestly had some really bad luck and I think he had the worst car of the two Ferraris. I, I, I just, and plus I think since he knew he was leaving, he wasn't going to drive this, the pants off it. Like honestly, when Sebastian, Sebastian Vettel is one of those drivers when he knows he can't win. Like, he's just like, okay, cool. I'm, he's like, Kimmy, I'm, I'm going to put it in cruise control and just, and just give me what the car can give me or give you what the car can give me. Essentially. I, he, I've never, seen him at least in my watching of formula one for the past like seven six years or whatever six years he's never driven the pants off of anything you know if it was a good car you got great performances out of sebastian vettel if it was a okay car you got okay performances out of sebastian that vettel. just like that, that that just sounds like listen that doesn't that doesn't sound like a an act like a real competitive like sure he he's a four-time you know world champion yes but that sounds like the difference between 
four-time world champion, you know, current midfield driver compared to, you know, like that's that's a that's that's the reason why I'm not going to put him in the conversation of the all-time greats, whether that be, you know, Schumacher, Prost, Senna, whatever. Like you go to those drivers, like even if they knew they couldn't win, they fu- they, you know, gave it their all. <laughs> Almost swore there. <laughs> yeah, because most of those guys in their careers also still had tools that could win. Like that Ferrari couldn't win this year, no matter how hard you tried, unless there was a serious uh, pile up or, you know, red flag, whatever. Like, unless there was something to really bunch things back up and a crash, that Ferrari wasn't getting anywhere close. Okay. And and we all know it. Yeah. We know it. Honestly, I don't think I'm going to do a lot of rooting for Racing Point, or excuse me, Aston Martin, in this upcoming season, personally. I think they've definitely downgraded, I, I liked, in my opinion, in drivers. Okay. Okay. I like Sebastian Vettel um, a lot. So, I mean, I'm going to root for him, but screw Stroll. Yeah. In summary, just screw Stroll. Yeah. Forget. I like how the entire time we're just like, okay, Aston Martin. Stroll sucks. Screw Lance. Three minutes. Stroll. Three minutes of talking about Seb. Okay. Stroll sucks. Moving on. (laughs) But but (laughs) actually, actually moving on. uh, Fifth in the constructors is Alpine, former Renault team. Now with a new name, new color, no longer that beautiful yellow on the track, which I'm disappointed in. But rest in peace. Is what it is. But they are having a familiar driver back with them. Fernando Alonso out of retirement back in the uh, Formula One scene. And he's going to be paired with their number two driver from last year, Esteban Ocon, as well. Uh, How do we feel about this lineup? I think I have not been watching Formula One long enough to have seen Fernando Alonso in action. Like live. Well, like, you know, obviously not in person, but like live. So I don't know if he is you know, too old for the game or not. I guess that's something we're going to find out. I don't think... Nando? I, yeah. Nah. 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 Nah, he's not too old yet. He's got he's got a bit yet before I could... In his overall driving career, he's, he's got a ways yet I before I'd consider him out of the game. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I see this team performing as well. Like, I, I look at all these teams, right? Okay. Mercedes, we know they're going to be good. Red Bull, we see them improving. McLaren, we see them improving. You know, Aston Martin, like we see them, like like they have a very good technical team. They're going to continue improving probably. You know, Ferrari's going to try to get back in form. We haven't even talked about them yet. I don't see how Alpine can hold on to fifth in the constructors, even with Fer- Fernando Alonso at the helm. I think I think they will with Fernando Alonso. Who, I think they who have do they shot, hold it over? at least with Fernando Alonso. Who do they hold it over, though? That's to be determined, man. I mean, look, there's all sorts of things can happen in the Formula One offseason. And I think Fernando is a great pickup. I think that's an awesome pickup. I think I think Ocon is obviously young, obviously inexperienced, and he's in an up and coming car, if that makes sense. Right. So you, you put a newbie in a car that's steadily improving and you, you want someone on your team and, and you need someone on that team that's experienced to be able to uh, essentially help build the car, help improve the car year after year. Right. And mm-hmm. they had Nico Hulgenberg. They brought in Daniel Ricardo, another very experienced formula one driver. 
Now they're bringing in Fernando Alonso. Like as they lose experience, they're replacing experience with experience, which is good. And that's good for like businesses and across the board, pretty much. I, th- I feel like Ocon's in the role of you need to drive the pants off the car, basically. Yeah. Just be young, go out there to learn, <laughs> I don't, make I don't, some mistakes. <laughs> Just the way you're like, be young as if he could be anything be else. <laughs> be hip. Uh, is that what the kids say these days? No, like go out there and be Charles Leclerc. Go out there and be Max Verstappen. Like go out there and just put your foot down and send it essentially. Like, yeah, you, just send it. You you know, I, you probably don't, but you know, the one audio from uh, Shark Tales that's been trending on on TikTok as of late where it's the scene where he's talking about like the the um the pecking order of the animals in the ocean and he's like you know you got this you got sharks you got whales you got you know this 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 and his and uh Will Smith's character is like waiting for him to come up it, it, it's like the exact same thing you're like you know you got oh, you yeah. got you got Max you got Charles Leclerc you got you know uh Pierre Gasly you got so and so you got Mick Schumacher then you got 50 feet of whale poop then you got Esteban Ocon oh god <laughs> no, that is how I he's, feel about Ocon. I mean, not that I, we not if, that we think he's bad. He's just not the rest of the field. <laughs> exactly. Like, if I had to choose one of the quote unquote younger drivers in Formula One, the last one I pick. No, actually, Nicholas Latifi's the last one I pick. Uh, Nikita Mazepin's the last one I pick. <laughs> Yeah, now, yeah, well, when we get the Haas, that's yeah, another Nikita issue. Nikita slotted um, himself at the bottom of the list, but... <laughs> yeah. But it's still, I wouldn't pick Ocon either. Yeah. Uh, if I had one to choose, I wouldn't pick Ocon. <laughs> All right. Moving on, because our, our discussion on Renault just kind of went a little bit of everywhere. Oh, anyway, his podium wasn't a real podium. Sums it up. End of story. Oh, because of the, the tire mess up? Or no, Basically. The, well... Oh, yeah, because it was the secure Grand Prix. It wasn't the last Grand Prix. It was okay, the secure. Yeah, yeah. It was the secure okay. Grand Prix. It was the secure. That was ugh. that was a Grand Prix. All right. Moving on to the team who plays sixth, which for anyone who was trying to predict where teams would land, this definitely messed up their prediction. Ferrari in sixth. They now have Charles Leclerc paired up with Carlos Sainz, who was the number one driver at McLaren, who helped put them in that number three spot overall. I think this is an improvement. I'm not the biggest Carlos Sainz fan or the biggest Charles Leclerc fan. I'll be honest. And obviously, we, we got to see how they rebound with their engine. He's not my favorite young driver. He, he's just not, you know? Well, yeah, you like Lando Norris. I, I think Charles Leclerc is the most talented young driver besides Max Verstappen. I, and that's why you see those two duking it out all the time. Yeah, I, I, I softly agree. Okay, I'm going to softly okay. agree with that statement. But yeah, I, I think it overall, I think it is an improvement, mainly because Carlos Sainz showed that, you know, he, with the Mercedes car, he did incredible things. You know, we're going to see how much of an actual big boy car the Ferrari shows up with next season. Um, but, yeah. ho- you know, I, I think they get back to I don't know if they get top three and they resolidify the big three, but at the very least, they're going to improve. I see them finishing better than sixth. And with that driver lineup, again, it's an improvement for them. A lot of improvements in the driver lineup overall. You know, I, I, I think, think a so, lot, yeah. a lot of teams improved. I think so um, as well. Yeah, I, but that's really all I have to say about Ferrari. You know, they had an off year, and now they got to kind of get back to it. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, I think Carlos is a great guy to do that. 
Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it literally depends on their power unit this year. Um, Ferrari powered cars uh, performed the worst out of any other power unit this season. And that probably has to do with the fact that they tried to cheat and got caught. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Ferrari power and Italian based teams, uh, we're moving on to, okay. We went through the top teams. We went through what I'm going to consider the mid pack. Now we're going to go down to the bottom teams and, Really, the only reason that Alpha Tauri came out on top of the bottom teams is because Pierre Gasly had a weirdly brilliant win with a combination of a drive through penalty and a combination of a stopped Monza race. Pierre Gasly yep. won and put Alpha Tauri as the top of the bottom. And the lineup for next season is again Pierre, who, again, another great young driver, love Pierre. Justice for Pierre, man. Justice for Pierre. Justice for Pierre. But this time, instead of being paired up with the Russian Daniel Kvyat, who is now out of Formula One, at least for the moment, he's being paired up with a rookie. And at least in Hunter's opinion, I know he's not here right now, uh, Hunter's favorite rookie coming into next season, Yuki Sonoda out of Japan. Yeah, he's this kid's good. This kid's pretty good. He's had some good results in the lower divisions of Formula One, and I'm, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see him drive. We haven't had a Japanese driver in Formula One either in quite some time as well, so that'll be fun for Japan as well because we do, well, not we, Formula One does the uh, Japanese Grand Prix as well. Yeah. So Yeah. So I think this is an improvement mainly because when it comes to Formula One drivers, Kvyat's always, like, one of the handful of drivers that I'm like, wait, who am I forgetting about? Oh, yeah, right, Kvyat, he exists. You know, he, he falls in, like, the Antonio Giovinazzi category of, like, oh, yeah, they're Formula One drivers, right? Oh, yeah, that guy drives Formula One. Yeah, I I think Tussinato is going to be that way, too, for at least a little bit um, until but, he does something that wows us. I'm sorry, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Tussinato? Uh, Sonoda. <laughs> Sonoda. Sorry. Yeah, silent I'm, T. You're, you're okay. You're you're okay. You're okay. Hey, you, listen. New drivers, new names to learn. Okay. I know. But if I can move on to the next team, two names that we haven't uh, needed to learn uh, new names for this team at least for a long time because honestly, this is. Can I just say this is the most boring team in Formula One? It's Alfa Romeo. It's Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi again. And yeah. Yeah, that's that's just it. It's just them. I mean, when you when you became an F1 fan, Dan, was when Kimi Raikkonen left Ferrari. And well, I shouldn't say that a couple years before you became a Formula One fan, Dan, Charles Leclerc got bumped up from yeah, Alfa he, Romeo. He, he, he and took then over. Kimi for, Raikkonen yeah. got bumped down. Yeah, because so, I remember Charles Leclerc getting uh, wasn't he uh, wasn't he the one who got surfed by um by Roman Grosjean Fernando. in that one race. Was it? Was it? Yeah, I think it actually. Yeah, it was Roman well, that went over Ro- top of him. Roman, Roman might have bumped Fernando up on top of him. I, no, I, I think. Yeah, that's how I think it went. I think Roman rear-ended Fernando Alonso, who just hopped on top of Charles Leclerc. Yeah, in, um, in, yes, in the Alfa Romeo. Happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but that I, I, I am aware that that's how Kimi ended up down here in this uh, this uh, Ferrari feeder team. But you know, it's just. They, it's the same team. It's boring. Yeah, you know they're gonna place 
at best seventh. They're going to play seventh. <laughs> well, at, at, and that's about that. Well, at, at at best seventh. Okay, they placed eighth this past season. So at best seven, at worst nine. Yeah, really narrow window for them. They're probably going to be eighth again. Yeah, there's not much more I could say about that. So with that, I'm going to move on to two new drivers. The uh, only team that has two new drivers this season, uh, if I remember right. Yeah, only team with two new drivers. Haas, brand new driver in lineup, getting rid of both. Roman Grosjean, uh, you know, may he continue to uh, recover from his injury well. You know, that that ridiculous crash, that was wild. Uh, and yeah. then, you know... Uh, scary. Also, K-Mag uh, leaving Formula 1, Kevin Magnussen, which, to be fair, both of them, I could just see them being like, yeah, we're tired of this BS. We're just... <laughs> like, we're going to go off and, you know, do... Uh, I don't even know, rally or endurance or, you know, all the other you know, different F non F1 circuits that professional drivers get into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, both those guys have been in F1 for quite some time as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Romain Grosjean drove for the, uh, Renault reboot team along with Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, that was kind of Kimi's step back into formula one, mm-hmm. um, after a bit of a break. And yeah, I, Kevin K mag's been around the, around the block too. Yeah. He drove, he drove for McLaren, Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I I don't know. Those guys have been in F one for quite some time. Yeah, and I think I think it's time for them to leave. To be honest, I think I think this is the right move for their careers. Yeah, Haas had to do something. If they weren't going to fire Gunter Steiner, they had to do something different. And they're going to bring two new drivers to the table. One who I have a lot of hope for. One who I do not have a lot of hope for. I'm sure you share my opinion, Kalen. Mick Schumacher yeah. and Nikita Mazepin. Yeah. I mean, and we we know we. I think everyone who knows anything about Formula One understands which one we're rooting for. Yeah, here. yeah. Which, it's which one's which? It's yeah. We're rooting for Mick Schumacher. Like, get Nikita Mazepin out of there. He's just there for the money. He's like he's like Lance Stroll. He, he he's a worse. Russian. He no. He is a Russian Lance Stroll. Because here's the thing: when Racing Point back at that point force india was doing what was dealing with their financial corruptness that the former owner had and everything and f1 was selling the team you know who was in the bidding war it was two people lawrence stroll and whoever the hell nikita mazepin's dad is who's an oil tycoon in russia that those were the two people fighting over in lance stroll or lawrence stroll one so that's the only reason racing point has lance stroll and not nikita mazepin for the past how many seasons it's exactly the same, uh-huh. except he's Russian and he gropes people. That's the only difference. And Kalen, you were talking about it off the pod earlier in our group chat. Gunter Steiner is gonna chew this kid up and spit him the hell out. Hell yeah, he is, man. I I, I can't <laughs> wait for this because Gunter Steiner uh, made essentially a statement of like, I'm not putting up with this bullshit. And pardon my language, but like. That was yeah. to paraphrase Gunter in his Italian Austrianness or whatever whatever his real uh real ethnicity it's, is. It it is Italian. We've checked this before. I, I know we've checked this before, but he just doesn't sound Italian. Anyway. His name is Gunter. It's it, it, yeah, it's very it's very Germanic. It throws my brain for a loop. Anyway, this man is hard-nosed. He's a brute. He isn't the man for Haas. I've said that all season. He's a great guy for starting up a new team, which is what Haas was doing the last three, four seasons. Mm-hmm. They had decent drivers in K-Mag and Romain. 
And honestly, those guys, I think, could have done better if their car wasn't so trash this season because the car was just terrible. That that it's thumbs it up. It's had, been terrible for it's years. Been terrible. It's been terrible ever since their first year of existence. Like their first year of existence, the car was great. They finished fourth, best mm-hmm. of the rest, and then steep decline ever since. And that's not drivers' faults. That is teams' faults and team presidents' faults. That's where that mantle gets hung. And they needed to fire Gunter last season coming into 2021 and get somebody new in there to groom the team. Yeah, yeah. And now they just decided we're sticking with Gunter and we're wiping a clean slate. So now Gunter, again, he's the man for your for this job right here mm-hmm, in front mm-hmm. of him to destroy Nikita Mazepin in a way that also allows you to still get his dad's money but teaches him some <laughs> teaches some him some goddamn respect and then once you secure that and everything's all in good you get gunter out of there and you get a new team principal in there who can actually run a show and run an operation because gunter you're great for starting teams and you're a great square peg in a round hole but mm-hmm. dude like ne- it, like three seasons Get somebody new in there to run the show. Like, get the car back in shape. Get the car back up and running well. Finish fifth. Throw somebody new in there. Like, let's go. Come on, Haas. Come on, Gene Haas. Okay. Something spicy for you, okay? Quick question. What happens first in the Haas team? Mick Schumacher earns his first Formula One points, or Nikita Mazepin is dropped and Alex Albon is signed to the team? Whoa. That's a hot take. Um, they grabbed Nikita before Alex Albon was a free agent, if you will. <laughs> Whatever the Formula One version of a free yeah. agent is. I think, well, Albon doesn't bring any money with him, and they needed the money. Yeah, that's true. I think, I think Mick gets points before they drop Mazepin. Yeah, I don't see Mazepin going anywhere. Unfortunately, I really don't. But that doesn't mean that Gunter isn't going to treat him like sh- absolute dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so do you think Mazepin makes it to the next season? Do you think he races in twenty twenty two? Yeah, he's not going anywhere, man. We are going to learn to love to hate this guy. I, I'm not going to. We're going to have to. No, no, no. I, I'm gonna, not going anywhere. I, I'm going to hate the fact that he's in here the entire time. But I'm, I'm not going to love the fact that I'm are. hating him. I'm just going to hate him straight up. And finally, if we can go to the final team on the grid, last place once again, Williams. George Russell, Nicholas Latifi, they're running it back, mainly because they're allowed to run it back because George Russell is still allowed to be on their team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they worked that out. I don't even know. It'll be interesting to see what the new ownership does. They have an entire season now. So, yeah. I mean, look. I wish Williams was still owned by Claire. Yeah, Frank really and do. Claire. Yep. Frank and Claire. I really do. But the the sad truth is they couldn't keep up. I mean, they needed those the new rule regulations for finances about two seasons ago. They yeah. that's that's when they needed that to come in. And that's when they started advocating harder for it. Uh a lot of teams did. It's sad to see, sad to hear, but you know. The new team will... Uh, thankfully, they're still going to be called Williams. They're not changing the name. Um, yeah, that that would have been... Listen, that would have been a crime against F1. Yeah, yeah. That would have just been... Uh, there would have been so much uproar about that. 
you know, it's sad, but it's it's just reality of the sport right now. There's mm-hmm. too much money. You need too much money to do it. And I don't know how George Russell's still on that team because he is technically, as far as I know, still a Mercedes Benz like feeder driver, basically. Yeah, but um, but he is Mercedes basically has a deal with Williams saying, hey, you're allowed to use this guy because we want him to have the experience, even if that is the risk of costing us points. Gotcha. Which I think, gotcha. which the, they have a friendly agreement, which is why when, you know, Toto Wolf went to them and said, hey, can we please have George Russell in order to, to fill this seat? Williams obliged because, you know, Williams is getting a driver that they probably would not be able to woo otherwise in their seat. You know, and and they were able to run. I forget the guy from the, the U.S. driver who's flying under the Brazilian flag, um, Fittipaldi. Yeah, Fittipaldi. Yeah, Emerson yeah. Fittipaldi. Yeah, they were able to to run him for a race, which which good for him. I mean, you know, I, I know Hunter's you know big thing, and I honestly, it's something that I'm kind of thinking about too. Is the fact that like I would like for there to be a U.S. driver, you know, somewhere in Formula One. Um, so, but you know, you can't, you can't. You can't be mad at him for uh, not not Emerson Fittipaldi, Pier- Pietro Fittipaldi. Yeah, my <laughs> wrong Fittipaldi. That's my bad. That's my bad. Yeah, I think you said the F three one. No, and Fittipaldi. No, we are all sorts of backwards here, buddy. Fittipaldi ran under Haas. Haas. Oh yeah, because for, for Romain. Roman. Yeah, who who ran uh, Romain? Who ran uh, Williams then? I am looking. Jack Aiken. Ah, Jack Aiken, another great Formula 2 driver that's probably going to be coming up in a year or two. Yep. 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 Okay. Well, regardless, uh, either way, the that is the lineups. Um, I think, okay, tell, tell me if I'm wrong here, Kalen, okay? Mm-hmm. Mercedes stayed the same. Red Bull improved. McLaren improved. Racing Point stayed the same. Yeah. 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 I, I'd agree with that. Uh, Renault improved. I think Renault deproved. I don't Renault think Renault stayed the same. Renault stayed the same. Uh Ferrari improved. Alpha Tauri improved. Uh Alpha Romeo stayed the same. Haas improved just out of trying something else. And Williams unfortunately, I think I think Williams by staying the same not didn't improve. But you know. They stayed the same. <laughs> William they, look, yeah. they're gonna be trash next year. They're still gonna be trash next year. Bottom line. <laughs> Alright. Well, like I said, look out for us doing the wrap up of our predictions from uh you know ahead of the twenty twenty season. A lot of crazy questions looking back at it that uh, it's gonna be a weird a weird wrap up. Gonna we're, be weird. We're gonna do a wrap up, look back at how our predictions went uh for this season and go from there and yeah, that will do it for this edition of the pregame podcast. Make sure to share the podcast with any friends, family, anyone you think might find this breakdown of the F1 driver lineups for next year interesting. And also don't forget to send us any ideas you have for the podcast to our mailbag, the pregame mailbag at gmail.com. Well, that will do it for us. My name is Dan Zalewski. My name is Kalen Wolfskill. And we'll see you guys uh, next time on the podcast. Peace.
Podcast is produced by Dan Zaleski and Kalen Wolfskill. Theme music by High On You. A Ruby Media Production.